Akwaba, and welcome to this week's edition of Ghana in Focus. Myself, Kwame, Ghanaian journalist, broadcaster, writer, and entrepreneur. And in this week's edition of Ghana in Focus, it's uh, the President's Weekly Address to the Nation, where he talked about uh, COVID-19 and also uh, informed the public of the IMF deal that Ghana has just struck with the IMF. And so uh, we'll be looking at that and going through a couple of things that were mentioned during the President's address. All right, so before we get into the podcast, just to make you aware that the podcast is being sponsored by Grow for Me Ghana. Grow for Me Ghana is a fantastic initiative that seeks to help Ghanaian farmers develop and grow their produce. And so if you want to sponsor a Ghanaian farmer, I will leave the link to Grow for Me at the footnotes of this podcast. Also, if you like the podcast, please share to your friends family, social media networks. Uh, you can also follow me on Spotify Podcast. You know, we are wanting to get a few hundred by the end of the month. So if I've got 281, so we still need, you know, a bit more to get to 300. So please follow me on Spotify. All you've got to do is just go on Spotify Podcast, look for Ghana Stroke Africa in Focus, and then just follow me, meaning that Every time I upload a new podcast, it will automatically come to your feed. All right, and like I said, there, you know, there's a new for those of you who listen on Spotify. There's an interactive section where you can interact with me, uh, tell me what you feel about the podcast that you've listened to. I haven't had a lot of feedback from since it started, so please, if you you know have any uh, feedback that you want to say about the podcast, then please interact with me. Uh, if you listen to the podcast on Spotify. <clears throat> All right, so uh, let's get into today's podcast, looking at the President's Address to the Nation. And so tonight, uh, just a couple of hours ago, uh, the President of Ghana, Nana Adankwa Akufuado, uh, gave his uh, Address to the Nation, whereby he pointed out uh, uh, the COVID uh, pandemic and also the uh, deal that Ghana has struck with the IMF. So, in terms of COVID, you know, the president was just, you know, uh, saying that, you know, because the World Health Organization has now said that COVID is no longer a major threat to global health security, uh, Ghana has now lifted all the many restrictions uh, that people are subject to uh, in Ghana, particularly when they're arriving at the airport. And so, as I said in January, uh, you know, you don't need a vaccine to come to Ghana now. You do need, you, but however, you do need a PCR test. Now, apparently, as a result of the president's speech tonight, uh, the, 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 the vaccine is definitely no longer needed. And also, the health declaration, so before, you know, <clears throat> Uh, this January, if you were wanting to come to Ghana, you would have had to fill out a health declaration form, uh, and that was on the Ghana's website. Now, that has now been lifted as a result of the President's address tonight, and also you do now 
not need to take a PCR test before you come to Ghana. And also, you, you will not be tested on arrival. So all those uh, COVID um, restrictions that have been put in place over the last year, year and a half, have now been you know removed as a result of the president's uh, directive following his speech tonight, uh, which he gives an update regarding COVID. And also on that, he's saying that the mask now is not compulsory to wear a mask, uh, particularly in public areas. So if you are, you know, at a church or, you know, if you are, you know, out and about, then there's no need to wear a mask. And also if you are arriving at the airport in Ghana, you don't need to wear a mask. So that's some good news there in terms of the whole uh, COVID uh, issue that according to the World Health Organization, COVID is no longer a threat. And as such, Ghana has removed all the remaining COVID restrictions, particularly those uh, when traveling to Ghana. So like I said, just to cap on this, uh, you don't need a vaccination anymore to come together, a COVID-19 vaccination. You still need your yellow fever, so be mindful of that. But you don't need the COVID-19 vaccine. You also don't need to sign, before your journey, a health declaration. And also, you don't need to have a PCR test before you leave your country of origin. So these are the new measures that have been put in place uh, as of now, uh, as a result of the president's speech uh, regarding the state or his weekly address to the nation. Now, I wanted to sort of look at the uh, his speech whereby he goes into a bit about the IMF deal that Ghana has secured with the Bretton Woods Institution. And so he made uh, reference to the fact that Ghana has secured a deal, uh, $3 billion, like I said, over 36 months. He had to admit that it's, it is 36 months, not all in one chunk. And that Ghana has already got $600 million uh, dollars of that money and also he mentioned that it was record time and that you know uh ghana you know would now uh see this as a springboard to attract investors and what have you uh and that kind of thing so before i get there one thing that he did say that i did agree with is that uh this um board level agreement that ghana secured uh, a couple of weeks ago is not the answer to Ghana's problems. It's, it's not going to make Ghana's current economic situation uh, go away because, as I mentioned in our podcast, there are certain fundamental aspects of Ghana's economy that need to be changed and that the COVID-19 uh, or rather this um, IMF deal does not, uh, you know, contain it. And so before I get to all the aspects of what the president said about the IMF deal, again, it is important to you know recognize that as the president said, you know, this deal with the IMF is not going to solve all of Ghana's problems. One, and that two, there needs to be a fundamental change in the whole structure of Ghana's economy. And so Ghana's economy, uh, which is something that Kwame Nkrumah did reverse in his nine years as, as president, 
Ghana's economy was essentially a, you know, producer of raw materials for the international market, yeah? And Ghana would then receive those raw materials at finished good, and then Ghana will buy that finished good at sometimes double, even triple the price that was paid by the uh, maker for the commodity or the raw material in the first place. So that was the nature of Ghana's economy until Kwame Nkrumah came on his uh, industrialization program to industrialize Ghana. And so, like I mentioned before, you know, Ghana needs to change its, its, its economic policy and direction to be that of a, uh, you know, a producer of goods and services, which is what the industrialization drive is about. But more importantly, Ghana, Ghana needs to grow and produce more food. So Ghana needs to be a net exporter of food as opposed to being right now a net importer of food. So for me, these are two key, um, you know, uh, issues when dealing with Ghana's economy that need to change in order for uh, this crisis that we are in right now to never happen again. So Ghana needs to industrialize, i.e. build more factories, etc. And also Ghana needs to produce more things. And also Ghana definitely needs to produce more food so that it can become a net exporter of food as opposed to being a net importer of food. Now, you know, the government, the, the president made uh, a couple of things that that I didn't agree with in his uh, speech. So he said that, you know, Ghana, you know, uh, getting a deal with the IMF was in record time. Now, for me, that's a pathetic uh, stance to take because, like I said before in other podcasts, Ghana should have never, ever gone to the IMF in the first place. And it is a disgrace on Ghana. It's anathema that this is the 18th time that Ghana has had to go to the IMF. And the 12th time, sorry, yeah, the, the, the 13th time, sorry, rather, since 1981. So before 1981, Ghana only went to the IMF five times between 1957 and 1981. Went to IMF five times. Yeah, Nkrumah never went to the IMF World Bank. He got a loan from the IMF to help build the Akusumba Dam, and that was going to generate uh, money in the long term that would have been paid back to the World Bank. But Nkrumah never borrowed money, never went on the IMF program, or Ghana under Nkrumah never went under an IMF program such as the one that we have today, you know, in this time as president. Yeah. So it is person Krumah when Ghana has gone to the IMF for financial bailout, what have you. Yeah. And so, like I said, it's no, for me, it is a disgrace and it's a shame and it is no achievement that Ghana has gone back again to the IMF. And like I said, if Ghana had stopped the corruption, which is hemorrhaging from its public uh, sector, whereby, like I mentioned, the Auditor General's report of 2021, whereby the equivalent of $2.5 billion was stolen, was stolen by government workers, public sector workers, yeah? If that was to, uh, if the loopholes 
that allow that stealing to happen in the first place. If those loopholes were closed, yeah, and tightened, yeah, Ghana would not need to go to the IMF. And secondly, uh, the other example that I gave earlier on in other podcasts was that Ghana loses $7 billion annually as a result of gold smuggling out of the country. And so if Ghana was able to put a stop on that, that $7 billion that leaves the country would actually stay in Ghana, meaning that Ghana does not need to go to the IMF for a loan. And so I don't agree with the president on that. Secondly, and he's still going on about this narrative that COVID-19 was the main reason why Ghana's economy went high wire, hence he had to go to the IMF and World Bank. This is a very, very boring, very tired, very lazy narrative that this government has peddled, yeah, which is a falsehood in order to justify it going to the IMF and World Bank. Let me give you a couple of reasons why I think that is a crass notion uh, that the president said. So firstly, as I mentioned before in another podcast, back in the spring of 2019, the IMF did a report on Ghana, yeah? In that report of spring 2019, yeah, it said that Ghana's levels of borrowing was dangerous and that if it wasn't held back, it could impact Ghana's economy. This was spring 2019, a full year before COVID, the first case of COVID hit Ghana, yeah? So Ghana cannot blame COVID for it going to the IMF. And secondly, you know, in terms of uh, Ghana going to the IMF and COVID being an excuse, let's look at other countries in the sub-region. We look at Nigeria, which is Africa's biggest economy, yeah? We look at Togo. We look at Burkina Faso. We look at Ivory Coast. We look at Cameroon. All these countries border Ghana or, or in the sub-region of Ghana. None of these countries have gone to the IMF, but they still suffered from COVID uh, pandemic. So it tells you that if these countries did not need to go to the IMF, then why did Ghana have to go to the IMF as well? Why did Ghana even need to go to the IMF, yeah, when other countries that suffered from COVID-19 in the sub-region, like Nigeria, like Burkina Faso, like Togo, like Ivory Coast, like Cameroon, did not go to the IMF, yeah? So that would tell you that this tired, boring narrative of COVID-19 is a falsity and that it is, it is actually the mismanagement, the gross mismanagement and ineptitude of the current government of Ghana as to why Ghana felt the need to go to the IMF and World Bank. Yeah? So that's that one on the way. So secondly, the president didn't elaborate uh, to the Ghanaian public and some of the conditionalities that it needed to go through in order to get this miserly three billion US dollar loan. And so we see a couple of the effects already or conditions already of Ghana getting this 
uh, loan or facility from the IMF. Just recently, uh, the Public Utility Regulation Council of Ghana had to increase uh, both water bills and electricity bills by, I think it's 18 and 15% respectively. Yeah. And that increase was a direct consequence of the conditions that Ghana had to go through in order to get the money from the IMF. Yeah. And two, you know, three new taxes have been added to Ghana. Yeah. So the Ghanaian has been overburdened by taxation over the last six years. Now, because of this conditionality of getting the IMF loan, Ghana has had to implement three more additional taxes that are going to kick in uh, now as a result of Ghana's securing this IMF bailout with the Bretton Woods Institution. And so, you know, the, the, the president was not uh, genuine and forthcoming when he didn't mention those uh, conditionalities that are going to affect that are going to affect that will affect the majority of Ghanaians in the country by increased taxation and also increased uh, water and electricity tariff uh, costs. Now, another thing that he didn't mention, and that is important, something that I've mentioned. something that I have mentioned um, uh, previously is that, you know, the Chinese equation, yeah, so Ghana's external debt is on about 5.2 billion. Now, 1.9 billion of that, yeah, so that's nearly half of that $5.2 billion that Ghana owes external creditors is China's, yeah? And we saw that uh, China w was reticent to write off Ghana's debt, even though uh, Ghana sort of begged China uh, via other uh, creditors, i.e. Germany, to uh, see if they could persuade China to write off Ghana's debt. Now, China has not written off Ghana's debt. What they've done, however, is, again, put conditionalities if Ghana does not pay the $1.9 billion that it owes China, yeah? And again, these are conditionalities that the people need to know, yeah? So, if Ghana fails to pay China the $1.9 billion it owes it, yeah? If it defaults, i.e. if it defaults, then there are going to be some very severe consequences of this. One of which that we've that we, that we seen from our sources is that China is eyeing Ghana's revenue that it generates from electricity um, sales. So as I, told you, as I mentioned to you earlier, uh, as part of Ghana getting the IMF deal, uh, Ghana had to increase electricity tariffs, i.e. generate more revenue from electricity. And so China is saying is that if Ghana defaults on 1.9 billion, China wants in return or as a consequence of that, China wants some of the revenue that the electricity company of Ghana generates, you know, uh, in order to 
get some of that 1.9 billion back. Two, we now hear from our sources on the ground that China is also going to eye up some of the resources. So the revenue from gold, revenue from diamonds, revenue from some of the oil. Yeah. So if Ghana again fails to honor its debt to China, China is, is going to say, I want your revenue from either gold, diamonds, and oil, or a combination of all three. Yeah. And the last thing that China is going to uh request if Ghana does not um pay his debt to China is that China is eyeing one or two or even three major assets that are, are, are with state control. And we hear that one of these assets is going to be uh either Ghana Broadcasting Corporation or even the Tama port, which is the main port harbour of Ghana. And so these are some of the consequences if Ghana does not pay its debt to China. And I think that the president missing that out in his um, address to the tonight is not fair and not giving Ghanaians the true picture of the deal that it got brokered with the IMF Joke World Bank. Yeah. So uh Ghanaians need to brace themselves, like I said before, for a few more years of hardship because as even the president has admitted, this IMF deal is not going to be the answer to Ghana's current economic difficulties that and challenges that it is going through right now and so uh it's just been a short one uh just given our analysis of the president's address that he gave uh to the nation tonight and uh you know uh giving you our take analysis on that particular address and so uh in next week's episode of ghana in focus we're going to be asking the question particularly for uh the diasporans who are wanting to relocate to Ghana to ship all your stuff or not to ship all your stuff, okay? And on that, you know, I do notice that some of you are are looking into relocating to Ghana. Now, we do provide a consulting service uh, that gives advice about how to relocate to Ghana. So looking at housing, looking at, you know, schooling if you've got children, looking at, you know, land issues, looking at you know citizenship and also the Ghana card which is very very important so we, we do provide a consultancy service where we can give you advice about relocating really to Ghana and also signpost you to uh, organizations institutions that can help make your uh, landing in Ghana a soft one as opposed to it being a hard landing and so if you want to book a consultancy with myself uh, just you know email me and the email is also will be on the footnotes to this uh, podcast. All right, so thank you very much for listening uh, to this edition of Ghana in Focus. Myself, Kwame, and from all the crew here on uh, Ghana in Focus, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode of Ghana in Focus.